0: In a week that's full of news, we have to channel MJ and come up with a flu episode on this week of the Indie Ball Report podcast. Alright, we are back again. Episode number 140 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. I'm Nick. He's Will. We both have colds. Of course, it's the week where there's news. So the voices may sound a bit different. The content will hopefully be the same. And we're going to battle through this and put out a good episode. I promise.
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of just how it ended up. Yeah. Um, like Nick's kind of on like the middle, like bad part. I'm just I'm just starting to get it. I think I feel like it's like a seasonal thing. Everyone's starting to get it. So, uh, well, you know, what, though, we're going to power through it. For the listeners, because that's what we do. We put the listeners first on the Indie Bell Report
0: podcast. Yeah, we're dedicated to the cause here. That's what we do here. And, you know, it's just weird to go back to getting colds and stuff because it seemed like last year because everyone was wearing the masks and being like really conscious with the hand sanitizer. Nobody was just getting like colds or whatever. Like I got a couple of like mini ones that lasted like a day or two. But now it's like, oh, yeah, I remember these they suck no, seriously
1: yeah so from like march 2020 yeah. until like a month ago i had not gotten like there was not one point where i like thought i had to get tested because like i had symptoms like i had nothing i was totally completely healthy like the entire time and then i guess now reality starting to come back and it's oh well i mean of course like that the quarantine world sucks in yeah. so many ways but but that was one like, of the few positives True, true. But And and Zoom classes, those were That those was
0: were also awesome. Nice. Yeah, for like the, I guess, like technically one, two, two and a half months I had that. That was nice. I don't think I actually so attended a great. real class, actually. Most of them were just like recorded and put up later.
1: That and, was And nice. full disclosure, full disclosure, like there was like a time last year during the spring semester when I was at college and I was just like, you know what? The minor league baseball season started. I haven't seen minor league baseball in two years. I'm just going to, even the classes I'm supposed to be in person that they had to put on Zoom as well, I'm just going to go home for 10 days. I'm just going to go to a minor league baseball game every single night and just take my classes from home.
0: I mean, really? And there's no downside to it.
1: That is a once in a lifetime opportunity and it was very worth it. Let me tell it.
0: Exactly. I mean, honestly, you could be in class at a ball game. Just need a good background. Yes. And headphones. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And headphones.
0: Yeah, that, that's critical there. But enough of that. Let's get on to the news. Obviously, a lot coming out of the Atlantic League. But we're going to make you wait for that because why not? And we're going to start with the American Association on Wednesday. Ooh, that they, is cruel. Yeah, I am cruel. So that's just how I operate. But the American Association, they released their schedule. 100 games starts May the 13th. It's a Friday the 13th, too. So that's always a good sign to start with. And it will end on September the 6th. We have a division realignment, a new playoff format. We'll get into all that right now. Uh, New divisions. We have an East and a West division. The East is essentially the Chicago and Milwaukee area teams plus Cleburne, Texas. So we have Chicago, Gary, Kane County, Lake Country, Milwaukee, and then, of course, Cleburne, like I mentioned, in the East, in the West. We have Fargo, Winnipeg, Kansas City, Lincoln, Sioux City, and Sioux Falls. So those are your new division setups in the American Association. Away goes the North and the South division, and this will probably be the setup for some time until we see more expansion out there, but any real expansion now is going to require two teams to come in because, you know, even numbers and all that. As far as playoff division goes, we are now going to take the top four teams in each division, And then we are going to have, uh, obviously, two in-division rounds to get a division champion for the postseason, and then one championship round there. The first two rounds of the postseason will be best of threes, the championship series will be a best of five, but an interesting little hinge in these playoff plans is for round one, if you win your division, you win the regular season title, that is, you get to pick your round one matchup. So let's say in the East, Chicago wins their division, and Milwaukee, Gary, and King County are the other three teams to make it. Chicago gets to pick who they want to play. They're not just automatically assigned the fourth seed. They could take the fourth seed, the third seed, or the second seed, if they're so inclined to do that, for whatever reason. Um... after that then obviously you're just kind of playing whoever advances so you don't have that luxury but it is an interesting little thing we mentioned it in the past I believe we actually talked about with Ryan from ALPB Roundup a couple episodes back on the Atlantic League what they could do and I guess we hold some more sway than we think or it was more of a popular idea than I thought uh, in that case and then the only other bit of news that we really got from that schedule release was the All-Star game is planned for the July the 11th Twelfth and thirteenth, I believe thirteenth is just a travel day. Eleven, there is some sort of festivity planned, and then twelve is the actual game. So, uh, those are all interesting bits we got out of the schedule release in the American Association. I'll go to you for thoughts now, Will.
1: There's a lot to get into. Hopefully, I'm able to get through it. Yeah. Uh, so, as far as the divisions, I I'll start there. Yeah. I really do think that splitting into the East and West division. Listen, it's not perfect, but it's nece- it's definitely necessary and because the north and south divisions were definitely outdated. Yep. Uh, given the markets and the fact that teams like the Texas Air Hogs are gone uh, and I think it just made a lot more sense to do it this way. That doesn't mean it's perfect because, you know, it's having Cleburne and Chicago in the in the same division, not ideal. Uh def- definitely not ideal, but then again, like Cleburne, essentially, at this point, and I can't believe I'm saying this because that's just how much the American Association has changed yeah. over the last few years. Cleburne is essentially the Atlantic League. It's just the the American Association version of the of the Sugarland Skeeters at this point. Yeah, no, 100% um, of that, yeah. Where I'm like, oh yeah, we just have to fly to Texas now. So I think that that's the interesting wrinkle. It's not perfect, uh, but I do think that splitting it into East and West was definitely necessary. The North and South, just with the current setup, just didn't really work uh, anymore. So definitely like that. Now, for the the playoffs, I personally, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan in any sport of just massive playoffs. And I feel like that's what we're doing here. Yeah. And I understand it, for example, like in the MLB with the 60 game playoff, totally understand it. Because like, how are you going to know who the best teams are like the difference between the three and the six seed after 60 games. Like I understand why you want to expand the playoffs then. To be honest with you, I loved the playoffs, the playoffs that they tried uh, with the play-in game in 2021. Yeah. I would have rather they kept that. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I 100% agree with that to cut in. I, I thought that was really the yeah. best possible way because it added more tension and added more stakes. Plus, it gave you a real incentive for winning the division. I mean, that still exists with the format they're going to go with now, but it yeah. really, really did. I think work a little bit better with that, and it didn't water it down as much.
1: For sure, and I think that when when you're when you have that one game playoff, and you're really rewarding teams for winning their division, like yes, is there a reward with this current system? Technically, yes, but uh, it's not exactly it's a best of three series and anything can happen. And I don't think it's fair for teams that roll and like have a great record. Like if Kansas city rolls in and has another historic historically good season next year, I don't think it's fair to subject them to the same type of um, the same type of matchup. Like I, I don't, I don't think that's fair. If you wanted to take, if your problem was the play in game itself, that's fine. But give, but, in my counter argument would be, all right, then why don't you do a best of three between uh, the two and the three, the the second and third place finishers in each division? And you give, uh, and you can give those division winners a bye, some time off, uh, and the way to set up their pitching exactly how they want it. I'd be much more inclined to do that than to have a, a league where eight of 12 teams make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I never was a huge fan of that. Um and yeah, I, I agree that's with kind that. kind of how
0: I feel. Yeah, I agree with that that eight of twelve teams making it does seem a bit much. You should have more teams miss the postseason than make it. I understand from like a financial perspective, more teams in the postseason means more revenue. And yes. also from a for, from a financial perspective, a one game plan really does, you know, kind of does you no good unless you're hosting the game itself. If you're the traveling team, then it only really helps you if you were the three seed. And now you got in and now you get more playoff games because of it. But even then, it would have to be a best of five in that second round for it to really, I think, make a difference and offset the travel expenses. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I get that. And then I feel like from just a baseball perspective, it's the one sport where, unlike with a football or a basketball or a hockey, that momentum really doesn't matter. And that just as a team sitting for too many days... Really has an effect on it and it's harder to get going again once you've been stopped. So if you're a team like, let's say Kansas City and now you have to wait because you obviously clearly won the buy, we'll just use this year for example, you clearly want to buy, you don't need to play anymore. If you have to wait now, say, three or four maybe even five days before you're playing again I mean you've been sitting for nearly a week meanwhile you have another team that's you know been rolling and presumably will be coming in off of a hot streak having won their series it's kind of you know it's a bit of a rough deal for you because now you have to go from just you know basic drills basic just practice to game conditions against a team that's been fighting for their lives for the past week it Like, if you're a good enough team, I suppose talent can kind of overcome it. But there is a certain momentum deal. And as we all know, if it's a best of three or a best of five, all that needs to happen is one or two games need to have a funny bounce to them. And then the best team's all of a sudden on the ropes. So that's the one thing I caution about going with a best of three as a playing series as opposed to a playing game. That being said, I would have wished it would have been like... Again, a best of three setup here still, I think, are not best of three, but a, a three teams from the top each there and given a bye. And perhaps you'd figure out some way where you can manage it and work the schedule here. You maybe give a team the option of playing You know, maybe just even an exhibition game, if you're that buy team, just so that way they can stay loose or something like that. But that said, I do think the system they have in place is interesting. Like I mentioned a while back, it's... Pretty much the system that the uh, Southern Professional Hockey League uses, where you pick your opponent. And I think that does add a little bit something. There's definitely bulletin board material there. And I think it also helps from a business perspective, too, because let's say Lake Country makes the postseason as, you know, that final team or as the second or third place team in the East and milwaukee's the top team milwaukee can pick a team that's real local to them and that's a huge draw because now you have kind of a rivalry there already just from geography and you know it it adds something to it, it makes people more interested in when they may not have been as interested if they were playing like say Clayburn or king county or something like that
1: right i think i'm i'm a big fan of The picking. If you're going to do this method, which this playoff format, which I already said I'm not really a huge fan of, but if you are going to do it, um, I actually like this idea because uh, it really does provide that bulletin board material and that um, that extra motivation, maybe to fuel that kind of rivalry or, or whatever. So, but here's the one thing I would add: I think that I would I would implore the American Association, So Josh Schaub or anybody in the American Association, if you're listening, don't do this like teams picking their opponents. Don't do it behind closed doors. Oh, the no. Fans the- want to see this. They want to see it. So obviously, uh, yes, you, you're not going to televise like, the yeah, the, but- the discussions. But have some sort of show. Put it on Facebook Live. Put it on uh, uh, on Instagram Live. Do something with it or oh. like have it like it's some sort of Zoom call or something. Televise it. Let people see like the, the presidents or the managers or whoever they choose to send up there and say like, like you, I'll just use this as, as an example. Yep. We the Milwaukee milk, milkmen want to play uh, want to play the Chicago dogs. Like that's the drama that people want. And so what I would say is don't don't do it behind closed doors. Bring that out into the open and try and televise that as much as you can, because people have been talking about rolling with this kind of um, playoff format in baseball for a year or so now. Like we we heard rumblings of it in the MLB, I believe, last year. Uh, It didn't really come to fruition. But I think this is something that people and the fans, the really diehard fans of American Association teams would really love to see live and i hope that they'd be able to do something with that unlike on uh, like a on on like a facebook live stream to really drum up as much interest as possible i think that's re- that's really what i want to see the american association do with this kind of format
0: oh absolutely i 100% agree and honestly if it was the atlantic league i'd be a bit more concerned about them just doing it behind closed doors and then sending out a press release and being that's it But with the American Association, they've shown that they are very much understanding of new media, of social media is how we're going to get the bulk of our engagements. They've been very good about that between the uh, daily roundups uh, that that we saw throughout the year, as well as the Facebook shows. uh, I think it was like three times a week and the weekly roundup that they had on AA Baseball TV. So I fully expect for them to either put that on AA Baseball TV or put it on Facebook or whatever it may be. I I completely expect them to do that. And they they better too, because I think that adds a lot of tension there. Like you said, like even if you just have like a Zoom call with each of the playoff teams and either their GM or their manager, like you were suggesting, well, that would add a lot of tension too. If for nothing else, because I kind of want to see Butch Hobson's face when someone calls his team out and to have to then go Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Like that. And I almost kind of want to see like the footage of a manager walking back into his uh, locker room, into his clubhouse, and telling his guys, they think so little of you that they chose to play you this series. They think they can take two games out of three that easily against you. And just see that reaction. I, I would love to see that.
1: Yeah. And, and that's that, That's really what I want to see. Just br- and, and I do think they understand it so much more than than other leagues i think the atlantic league the way they would do it is they wouldn't even send out a press release immediately they would just do it in like a text group chat and then (laughs) uh and then they would wait like a week have it like sort of leak out and then ryan breaks it like three days before and then and then then the atlantic league puts out a press release saying like a day before the playoffs start, and they're like oh yeah these are uh these are who they're playing these are who you're playing now
0: oh absolutely like that's honestly probably what would happen is ryan would break it that or like one or two people that we know would definitely like shoot one of us a dm being like hey by the way these are the playoff matchups i'm not sure if you know about this yet or not and then we'd be like oh no we didn't we just assumed we'd get a press release or something like that
1: yeah well and you assumed wrong
0: exactly see that's the thing you never assume that you're just going to get a press release because i've found like i used to get the southern maryland ones too and i just stopped getting those i don't know why
1: really i still get them
0: yeah i don't get them for whatever reason i wonder why that is i should ask about that
1: i don't know ask pinch <laughs> yeah tell jay tell james to talk to his boy pinch and let's get this figured out
0: i should. i should have when i saw him earlier in the week i should have asked him about that so i should have went to him and said hey yo man what what's happening with your uh, crustacean crew there yeah. they don't send me releases no more but yeah but overall though i do think uh I do think that playoff system is going to be interesting to see. I like the division realignment, too. It makes sense. Cleveland's on its own island. We touched, or Will, you touched on that briefly there, but yeah, there's not much to say on it. They're on their own island, and frankly, if you got to kind of strand them, it's not like they're particularly close to anything that's in the West division either. Like, I think ideally in the future, what you'd either like is another Texas market to pair them with, or two other markets that can go in the east so you can swing cleburne back to the west but i mean hey who knows really fort worth i think it's the market everybody really wants but that's you know that's a challenge but sure yeah either way uh we do have a little bit other news in the realm of the american association and actually one thing that could kind of be american association i guess and relevant to what i was just discussing but we'll get there in one minute uh the last bit of American Association news that we have for this week is the Doc Hounds Uh, they finished off their coaching staff Ed Campanella was added as their third base coach Uh, he comes from the United Shore League he rounds out a staff of Bennett Wagner and Nissen so that is a pretty solid staff already to begin with I don't think there's too much on Campanella so it's hard to say but he is a third base coach he's just an additional coach to have there which you know never a bad thing to have a guy like that so uh just yeah. worthy of note i suppose
1: sure i think just any any indie ball guys you can get in there to help late country in that first year um i think it's i think it's definitely a good thing
0: yep absolutely there so we'll move on to that other piece of news Uh, that is of some substance, and we'll probably get some mileage out of it, to be honest here. We have some updates on the Jackson, Tennessee front. So, Jackson, Tennessee, if you'll last recall, was kind of at a standstill because nobody knew what the full deal was with the lease around that ballpark. In fact, we talked to Adam Friedman about this way back in the spring. If you're interested in hearing about that, you can go ahead and scroll through the catalog of episodes and find it. Uh, it should probably be around episode like 108, 110-ish. If you want to scroll back that far, it's on the website. And you'll be able to find it easy under the episodes and then interviews tab. Uh, regardless of that, we we're just kind of at a standstill. Nobody really knew what was happening. And at last we knew the Gold Eyes were renting it for half a season before they went back to Winnipeg. Now we finally have clarity on it. The city has taken full control of the ballpark. That was effective Wednesday, and the generals have 30 days to clear out any remaining, uh, I suppose, items or personnel or property from the ballpark uh, property itself. And so the city has begun to look for a new tenant. They're trying to get something else in there. I imagine they're going to look for a baseball team first, and I do know there are some folks that are interested in putting a team there. I don't know how further along those talks have gotten. I'm not sure how serious they are in it, but I do know there is interest from independent leagues to get a team into Jackson, Tennessee. So with that said, we do have some more clarity on that front.
1: Yeah. I I think that when you look at, when you look at this whole situation and this saga that really just hasn't, hasn't stopped, um, this is, at least, I didn't re I haven't read, like, the contract, like, the full original contract, but it does seem like this was probably the right decision, the uh, because the arbitrator said uh, that the city had to be, that, that the city, one, owned the ballpark, which we know, but two, they had to have an affiliated market that was in the contract. Uh, it was really, it's honestly that simple. It's like, was it in the contract or wasn't it in the contract? Well, if it was in the contract, then. You know unfortunately that there's, there's not really much they can do uh and i mean i'm glad that they were able to host the the win it had gold eyes for a little bit um but yeah it just it, it just wasn't a great situation i hope they can get another team in there pretty soon uh in jackson because it does seem like a pretty nice ballpark that i hope they can do stuff with just uh, i'm glad we finally got some clarity on the situation so people could start to so it could start to move forward um with the with this ballpark and hopefully a new team maybe negotiating a new lease with the city I think that's probably uh what you'd like to see in this situation
0: yeah absolutely there and I just I wonder what market it's going to be as in what team it's going to wind up taking it because I do know that there is some interest on an Atlantic League front I know there's some interest on an American Association front these are two that I mean like we've kind of Known about these two teams are the kind of leagues rather that have been interested in it. That have always been rumored around it. It's just more concrete on it. I wonder what would work better. Certainly the American association would need another market to add there. And I mean, if you could say hypothetically get Fort Worth in there, then that makes it a nice and easy add. As far as the Atlantic league goes, I think it's a bit more touch and go because I mean, you're sitting at ten teams. Even we all thought we were going to go to twelve, and now it looks like we're going to be just at ten. So you would need to add another market in addition to that, and then you'd have to do all sorts of rearrangement. And also, by being out in Tennessee, you'd have to pair it with Kentucky and probably probably West Virginia into it too. And you probably want one more team in there because the three-team division just doesn't seem like you know it really work well. And the only other team that would make sense to draw from is North Carolina, and then you'd have to split up the North Carolina teams, and you really don't want to do that, and then it becomes a major headache. So I wonder if, just geographically speaking, the American Association's a bit better for it, even if, you know, it's it's not exactly what the American Association's been doing in the way of expansion as of
1: recent. Yeah, I just worry about... Yeah, that's my concern with that, um, that you could have it's not really what the American association has been doing lately and where it's trending as far as expansion. I guess it could make some sense in the Atlantic, in the Atlantic league. I mean, it is a double a ballpark. So I, I, you would think that teams would, would really want to move in there. Uh, I would, I would bet it's probably an Atlantic league or an American association market in the future. Uh, But I don't know. I, I just think that, it's probably makes more sense as an Atlantic league market. I know there's probably headaches. Um, yeah. They could potentially add a team up North. I don't know. I, I see what you mean though, about how it's not like an ideal um, there, there are definitely some problems with that for the Atlantic league. Cause you're either splitting up the North Carolina teams or you're splitting up West Virginia and Kentucky. Uh, and you don't really want to do that uh, on either side. So unless you made a three-team division which won't happen um, yeah. it's, it's funny how much it's cre- it's kind of crazy how much the atlantic League's changed and how quickly it has changed yeah like um, it's
0: totally terraformed itself like before like the prevailing theory is oh they're going to expand in the south because that just kind of made sense now it looks like they're more saying oh no let's go west
1: yeah or or they're like where are these northern teams now the northern oh, teams yeah. are gone Oh yeah, no.
0: There's two. There's two northern teams, really. Yeah. I mean, depending on how much Both you can. Cons- well, it depends how much you count the uh, the two Pennsylvania teams.
1: I think that's north-ish.
0: I mean, I it, you're certainly getting more mid-Atlantic. I'll say that much. Yeah. Because really, the only two that are definitive north are Staten Island and Long Island. hmm So right. I mean, like it's. It's very odd. It's very odd. You, I just, I never would have expected them to be so thin up north.
1: I know. I know. It's it's definitely changing the times in the Atlantic League, but uh, I don't know. So I, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, there's a lot that still needs to be sorted out, but you know, this is the first step that so that where they can start to move forward, and I think that's the important thing.
0: Oh, absolutely. And also, let's keep in mind here, they could just choose to not do anything in regards of baseball too. They could just choose to. Maybe terraform sure. the entire stadium, make it a concert venue, make it more of a multi-sport facility that focuses on more of a soccer, lacrosse, football type deal. There's a lot right. of options here. Hell, they could just tear it down and put an office park there for all they care. You know, so there's there's a lot of options there, too. So right. that much said. We go to the Atlantic League, all that news that we were teasing and that will surely eat up a good chunk of time here. We're going to go through these items one by one. And obviously, the big headliner of the week is the fact that we have a 10th team for this season. We all knew team number nine would be the Staten Island to be determined, which we'll be getting their name shortly. And we'll discuss that after we get through this big chunk of news. The, but Team 10 was always something we didn't know. I think the prevailing theory was that it was just going to be a road warrior team as much as the league really, really, really does not want to do that for financial and competitive reasons. Uh, being that, you know, the, the road warrior team is going to get smacked around. They're going to win maybe 20, 25 games. You just want to avoid that. So with that said, they came up with a new solution. There's going to be an additional team out of Lexington, Kentucky which is for right now going to be called the Kentucky team. Obviously, they're going to get a nickname, but that's going to be a couple months down the line. That's not really a pressing matter right now. It's just they're going to bum a stadium with the Lexington Legends. And uh, that's just the plan for the 10th team for this season. Then Hagerstown's going to come into play for 2023. But for 2022, the Kentucky team will fill that gap. Presumably, they will be in the same division as Lexington and as uh, West Virginia and any of the other teams that would be necessary there in the South. So my guess would be the two North Carolina teams would pair off there. And then meanwhile, Southern Maryland, the two Pennsylvania teams, Staten Island and Long Island would all form the other division there. We were supposed to get a schedule out today, supposedly. That apparently has been delayed. I imagine that's now a Monday priority. So we'll have news for Monday too. But yeah, that's the big, big bombshell that we're going to talk park it and talk about it now here. So new team in Kentucky, that's a temporary team that will go away next year.
1: Well, it's unorthodox, Uh, not one that I saw coming or really thought of it much as a possibility, but I like the idea because I I believe part of this whole thing is that uh, Lexington's field is going to be artificial turf. That's correct. uh, Because I mean, can you imagine trying to play 140 oh, games on a grass field? I mean, you would eventually just be like sliding in a mud pit at one point and like people would get hurt and it would just be a complete disaster.
0: Oh, God, that'd um, be awful. On top of yeah. other events held there, too.
1: Oh, yeah. You don't even. And they have like concerts and stuff there. So yeah. I can't even imagine. So that's a good thing. First of all, Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot. It's a different. Take and it's much better than going to the Road Warriors. I think we everyone can agree on that. Uh, and as far as adding that 10th team, uh, it's a very important thing. So, you don't have that Road Warriors team. You hope this Kentucky team, um, even though it's in for, for one year, they are a little bit more competitive. I mean, you would think they're probably towards the bottom. Uh, it's, I mean, it's hard to say now. Yeah, it all depends on coaching and staff and whatnot, and uh, guys who are looking to, to get into the Atlantic League, but. My question, and this is the thing that I've been wondering, for Andy Shea and Company, uh, who who own the Lexington Legends and, and the and the uh, Charleston Dirty Birds, but yeah. in this case, just Lexington's more relevant. How yeah. profitable is this to have? Because I don't know. Like this is a, this is a genuine question. I, I'm not I'm not inferring anything. I literally don't know. Like is it how profitable is it to run two teams out of your ballpark, you have 140 home dates. Yeah. And, and you're you're paying two teams and, uh, and like, how do the ticket packages work? Are the fans going to want to come to, a, to all of those games? Like, it's just, it's so unorthodox. And this, these are things I don't really have the answer to, but it's something we've never really seen before. So, I, I'm very curious to see how this how this ends up, because there's a lot of questions. Do you are you going to charge season ticket holders for both? Like, are you only get, are you going to have like a legend season ticket package and a Kentucky season ticket package? There's so many possibilities that make this really interesting. Uh And I, I don't like is it, you would think it's I, I honestly don't know if it, like how profitable it is for them to like run such a long so so many home dates that literally way more than even MLB teams run on their home field like it's crazy you, you don't really we've never yeah. seen this before and i think that's the interesting that that's that's what really intrigues me and i don't know the answer but uh but those are questions i'm definitely wondering i think i think like if we were to it would be really interesting if we could get like andy shea on the show and ask all these questions because i, I can't really give an answer to them but yeah. Uh, like we could definitely a get situation
0: yeah we could definitely get lexington people on that's not an issue at all but yeah yeah uh you gotta run a skeleton crew first off like you're gonna have to hire more people because there's no way in hell you could just have the lexington staff also run this other team too and just be like hey guys by the way we're doubling your workload for right. like a whole year you're gonna need to hire temps there's no way around that and you're going to, you're going to have to run it a bit thinner. Like your margins are going to already, they were thin, but now it's like, I don't even want to say a razor thing because it's thinner than that because you have to keep things simple. You have to keep it effective and people need to know their job and know that it has to get done and has to get done quickly. And I will say any intern that's working at, uh, at, I guess it's still Whitaker Bank ballpark, uh, I pity you because you're going to be going through the gauntlet this year. And I hope to hell that they give you one hell of a letter of rec when this summer's over because you're going to be working your ass off. Uh, But yeah, profitability is going to be really dependent on the demand of the crowd. And that's the question that is, you know, kind of the million dollar question is how much is that demand going to be there? Because you got to figure on top of, you know, Legends Baseball and now Kentucky Baseball, you're already going to have any other minor league affiliate that's in the general area. Uh, You're probably going to be having some siphon off from Cincinnati too. You're going to have just other events, you know, movie theaters. You're going to have concerts, festivals, all sorts of things that probably returned in 21 but maybe they didn't return at full capacity maybe they had to alter their plans it should be business as usual in 22 so if you're assuming we're pretty much back to or at least like 90 95 percent back to business as usual for the spring summer and fall of 22 then it's going to be you know a real dual-edged sword because in one hand you're going to say well a lot more people are going to want to come out to the ballpark and any sort of covid related issue we're going to have and you'd hope most of your supply chain issues that you had are not going to be as prevalent or as severe as they were this past season for this upcoming season but at the same time you're going to have even more things for people to do and have more things safing it off and perhaps you had like you know over the summer camps that i know are really popular in the tri-state region where we are i'm not sure how popular it is in kentucky but i gotta imagine they're pretty across the states popular so maybe you're gonna lose that kind of family dollar that you would have otherwise had it really is going to be interesting and i i have to assume andy shea would do this for only one of two reasons one, he knows his market and he knows his market can support that much baseball and he feels really confident about being able to provide that kind of a product. Or two, this is some sort of move here where he's like, I already own two teams in this league and there's a, there's a real potential for me to kind of move up on the hierarchy and the pecking order in the league among like the kind of ownership brass. And that's kind of a play for this. And so by taking a hit it in the short term, I can really move up in the long term, although I don't know if you need to do that much kind of, for lack of a better term, political jockeying in the Atlantic League. So those are really only two reasons that come to my mind. And I'm more inclined to agree with reasoning one as opposed to reasoning two. But yeah, that really comes down to how much demand there is in that market and how much can you consistently get people to the ballpark? Because everything you need... For one season, you now need for two seasons, essentially, because it's going to be two years rolled into one. And it's not even like you can redo promotions. Whatever it is, it is. And so if you're having a game there six nights a week, I also wonder, is that going to just hurt your sales overall? Because now we've discussed this in the past. And we're going to keep bringing it up because it's continually relevant. People typically don't care about the player that's on the field. They typically don't care about the teams that are playing when they're going out to these games. Obviously, if you're fanatics like you or I or someone that listens to this show, you do like that minutia. That's why we get into it. But to the general public, it's just like, oh, I want to go to a baseball game. This is an affordable night out. I'll go tonight. Or, ooh, this is a cool promotion. I'll go tonight. And if People are going to get accustomed to, oh, there's a game there every day except for this day. Then maybe they say, ah, the weather's a little too warm. I don't know. Let's go get dinner instead. Is that going to be a problem? Plus, I another thought that just popped into my head, and then I'll let you get back into this world because I've been talking for too long, is is this going to have a long-term effect? Are people just going to get so used to there being baseball there for six days out of the seven days of the week that in 23, they're going to be like, Hey, there's less baseball now. What, what's up with this? And then that's going to have a negative impact on sales later on.
1: So first of all, it is totally okay for you to continue to talk because it lets me yeah. rest my voice. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I can imagine you'll probably need a break as again, we're pulling, we're pulling an MJ flu game here. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's funny that it's on both sides too i know really um, what, what are the odds of that yeah i don't know and yeah and we're, we're not exactly close to each other in proximity at the moment so yeah, that's
0: the weird uh, thing about it it's going through the tri-state
1: <laughs> i guess so uh but the it's interesting because the legends and the lexington legends and like they undoubtedly have a fan base and they have a market and they do well right uh, they have they definitely beyond the, the on the field winning the championship they had a successful first season there's de- there's definitely interest in baseball there it's just i don't know for let's let's assume like you're having like 130 because i guess it won't be 140 because they'll be playing each other for i don't a
0: know how, how, well even still though because it it really doesn't matter because they're still going to be at that ballpark, so even if they are playing each other for crossover, they're probably still going to play the same amount of home and away games. So,
1: so it'll be 140 home games.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So because it's going to be 70 either oh, way. Now, crap. yeah. Yeah. Because I imagine you have to play the same amount of games against the same amount of teams if they're in your yes. the division, unless yeah. they're just going to kind of say, "Ah, we're going to play a little bit fast and loose with that." But either way, 140 is a good benchmark, assuming it's a 140 game season, that is.
1: Right. So, yeah, whatever that game, ends, the season ends up being, whether well, 126, 140. I would assume with a 10 team league, uh, and it's not a Road Warrior team, I would assume that's 140. Uh, but it's not like you have, like, it, it's, it's not like you have new crowds coming in, like, throughout the entire season. I just worry that. When you have, like, how do your merchandise sales go at the end of the year when you're there every single day? And I'm not saying it's like baseball every day is a bad thing because it's it's definitely not. But, like, are you then, like, are season ticket holders going to want to do 140 games? Like, what are the plans going to be? It's such an unorthodox situation that we've never seen before. It really in the history of baseball, to be quite honest with you, yeah. not on this, not on this large of a scale. So I think that there's a lot of questions that, that have to be answered. Uh, on a, on a basic level, it absolutely helps out the league. No doubt about that. Um, I just don't know. And, and it's great that they're doing artificial turf. And so then you don't really worry about the field and thank goodness, because a grass field would not be able to hold up hold up this. Like oh, yeah. not at all.
0: Especially if you got like a two week stretch of bad weather, whether that be yeah. a lot of rain or just no rain at all and a lot of heat, that yeah. would just kill that
1: field on contact. Especially if you're if you have games you need to make up at the end of the year, and it's like, well, okay. like, are you good? Are you gonna run double headers with the legends playing first oh, and the little Kentucky baseball team playing later? you have four teams all staying in Lexington, Kentucky. Even, it's going like like you would ima- Have to imagine like that. Oh
0: god, even worse. Imagine if one team had to have a double header and then they had another game after that, so you had three in a day.
1: Yeah, like. At some point, like, is it too much on, like, the fan? Is it too much to expect people to continue to come back over and over again? Uh, I don't know. And, and that's a question I don't know. But, um, yeah, and it's, it's an answer It's to, really a fascinating case study.
0: Yeah. It's an answer that honestly none of us know because it's never really been done before. And while you can have every indicator that your market can or cannot support that, at the end of the day, it really just kind of comes down to, the results as to whether or not they show up and really, you know, it's going to be 11 months from now before we have a definitive answer on that. That being said, it's, it's certainly the only comparable I can possibly find to it is a little bit of like that New Jersey blaster Somerset Patriots bit that we saw in 2020. It's kind of like that, but just multiplied to the nth degree because they technically (laughs) both played in the same ballpark one technically only lasted for one year and technically they did play each other a handful of times now granted that was what only like 10 games well, or so give
1: that, or take. That's tw- 12 games
0: yeah so there was a dozen games and that's obviously much much different than 140 in a regular season in a regular league year you know when it's a mini series uh it's a much much different uh element so you know it's it's really interesting to see how this is going to play out. And like I said, I really pity the Lexington staff because they, they're going to have,
1: they got to hire more people. There's yeah. No way.
0: Yeah. Even with more people though, it's still going to be an uphill battle. Cause now you have to coordinate a ballpark for two teams plus events. And that's yeah. just a killer.
1: I mean, like and, my God. And, and one thing I will say though, Andy Shay, like since he's come into the Atlantic league, he is not afraid to set trends. He is not afraid to take risks. He is—he has come in and completely—he has done things that really we, that not a lot of people thought possible in independent league baseball and in Atlantic League. So he's very forward-thinking, and he does—he uh, does these like for example, and to an extent, I guess like. For example, the Ducks' like ownership had some stake in New Britain Bees, but they they weren't running the day-to-day operations yeah. of the New Britain Bees. Uh, like that was like the fact that they they took over the uh, the Charleston Dirty Birds now, um, and now they're taking a third team. Like he is not afraid to take take risks, and he loves baseball, so. there's one thing that you could never doubt about this Lexington ownership group is they love baseball and I hope that their fans there appreciate them. And I think they do uh, because they are just looking for new ways to just uh, to just make baseball happen in that Kentucky, West Virginia area. And they do a great job with it. I mean, this, however, is like the most ambitious we've seen yet Uh, in in a, in a trying to do something where there literally is no precedent. And it's, it's hard to wrap your head around 140 home games in a season in an independently baseball market. Like, Oh my goodness. No one has, it's never been done before. And I, and I hope they can pull it off because the problem is, is if you start and things aren't really going well, it's a really hard hole to dig out of. Oh yeah. Because there's,
0: there's no emergency pull court to this. No, You've committed to it now. Now, as soon as the first pitch is thrown, there's no going back now. Cause now Your options are either troop through a a really bad season. This is assuming it goes wrong, which I don't think it will go this badly. Uh, It's either you troop through it and you just got to eat it or your pull cord in case of emergency is we just stop playing those games. Those those games don't exist. They count as forfeits on the schedule and that's all. And that is the absolute last thing the league wants to see.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to think about, but it's just like, it, you have you almost have to run through all these possibilities because you because you can't you take anything off the you table. You just don't know.
0: Yeah, nothing can come off the table yet. And like the last thing I'll say about this before we move on to some of the other things we have here is just for better or worse, for however long Andy Shays you know teams last in the Atlantic League and in Independent League Baseball, he's going to leave his mark on Independent League Baseball. You know we've seen you know, some of the biggest names around independent league baseball start to filter out in recent years. Miles Wolf, Bill Lee, these are guys <clears throat> that have left indelible marks on really baseball as a whole by just kind of reviving this whole thing and making independent league baseball so successful and bringing it back from being in the grave for half a century. And now, You see some of these guys get older and start to retire. Even Frank Bolton, the guy that's, you know, we mentioned, he's had his hands on a lot of teams, but by and large, it's just more or less financial support to make sure that the Atlantic League looked good, looked strong, wasn't having teams fold, and to get these markets up and running so that way the league could have continued health. Even he's he's in his 70s now. How much longer does he want to keep going with this? I got to imagine for a while, I don't think he'll ever abandon Long Island. I think that's going to be his until he's dead but I mean even still you're looking for this kind of new wave of ownership these kind of new figures to kind of come in and step into this hole that's being left here and guys like Josh Schaub in the American Association guys like Andy Shea now in the Atlantic League are kind of trying to fill into these holes in the shoes of these kind of titans that were before them almost. And I know it sounds almost hyperbolic given the scale of everything, but in the scope and the context of it, it's exactly what it is. And like, they're certainly blazing their own trail and they're doing it in a way that whatever the result's going to be, it's going to be something that if you're interested in independent league baseball, you're going to talk about for many, many years because they're going to be the guys that are leading from the front of the pack. And you got at the very least Give them credit and admire them for that. They're willing to lead from the front. And uh, that that's not always the easiest thing.
1: Yeah, not at all. And I think it's its going to be fascinating to watch. It, it really is because uh, it's something that's never been done before. And uh, it, it'll be really fun to watch for sure.
0: Absolutely there. And so with that, we'll go to just a couple of other things we have on the dock before we wrap up this episode. Uh, the league meetings for the Atlantic League were over this past week. They started in the beginning of the week, and I believe they wrapped up around Wednesday or so. They were in Burlington, North Carolina. They toured the OT jerseys facility. They believe they have the exclusivity for jerseys in the Atlantic League. Uh, so I suppose we were just getting kind of a general look. Perhaps we're going to start to see the actual Staten Island jerseys get made. Looking at quality, I imagine it's just kind of a routine thing, but a lot of things were clearly discussed. This news from Lexington was one of the things that came out of it. Schedules were probably formalized. A lot of business personnel like that, so we'll have to get more information on those league meetings. But that said, that was one of the things that came out of it in Staten Island. Uh, We now have an official countdown to their name coming out. It will be next Wednesday, the 17th. So about four days from when you're listening to this. If you're listening on the day of release, uh, we're going to know what the name is. It's either going to be, let's see, what was it? Uh, Dragon Slayers, uh, Fairy Hawks, or Harbor Heroes, I believe, were the three that were the finalists. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And everyone that I've seen so far is like, yeah, let's go with Fairy Hawks, because that's the one that sounds like a baseball team name.
1: Yeah, that that's kind of how I'm feeling. So I hope that's where they go.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the general consensus I've gotten. So I really, really hope they do. Like, honestly, I think Harbor Heroes would be the one that you don't go with. I feel like that's the thing that you go and you say, hey, why don't we honor a local first responder this game? And then at the very end of the year, you bring out all your Harbor Heroes and have them celebrate it. As one of the last games of the year. Maybe not the last home game. But maybe like the second to last. You bring them all out. You parade them around the ballpark before the game. That's what Harbor Heroes should be. Do that. Dragon Slayer a bit cartoony. But it would kind of fit with the recent trend of naming teams. Plus I think there's potential for a really cool logo there. Um, but Fairy Hawks does sound like it's the one that has the most lasting impact. Because you're like yes that makes sense. Plus... The shorthand of "oh, the Hawks" works, plus it the, lends itself to the F Hawks, and I'm sure everyone can kind of fill in from there. Uh,
1: of course, of, co- of course. Go F Hawks! <laughs> I'm sure the people of Staten Island would certainly embrace that too.
0: Yeah, plus when they're playing badly, you could have all the home fans go, "Ah, oh, these effing Hawks!"
1: The effing Hawks.
0: Mm-hmm. And exactly. it would fit with the New York culture.
1: Sure would. It'd fit, more, it'd fit more with the Staten Islander New York culture than Pizza Rats.
0: It certainly would. I mean, hey, honestly, I feel like New York area teams are the one where you could be like, yeah, we probably could put a swear word in the team name, and we wouldn't get that much pushback from it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there'd be a vocal minority that'd be rather annoyed, but everyone else would be like, yeah, you know, it's unusual, but it's charming in a way.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, so that's uh, that's all we got
1: here. It'll, I hope I hope they do go with fairy hawks. Um, I will say the one note on the Atlantic League meetings. Yeah, they went to the home of the Burlington sock puppets, which is just a great name. Just a great name. Oh, absolutely. That's all I had it to is.
0: say. For a minute, I was like, Are they trying to insinuate something here? But I was like, No, they're not. Nah. But not it fun-
1: It's just a fun name.
0: But wouldn't it be funny if it was though?
1: Shock! Surprise! It's the Staten Island sock puppets. <laughs>
0: No, imagine if they were just like halfway through the offseason, they were like, okay, this Lexington team thing isn't going to work out. We're going to bring the Burlington Sock puppets into the league.
1: Can you imagine?
0: And then, well, the only way that would work is if they then managed to get another team to go up to, what would it be, 12 in 23.
1: Which is supposed? I think we're thinking way too much into this. Oh yeah,
0: there's way too much into it. But is that not what we're supposed to do here?
1: <laughs> True. Yeah.
0: So I think we're at a pretty good point here. We're nearly at an hour, and seeing as we're both not feeling the best, I feel like we could probably get to the plugs and then get out of here. Although all things considered, I think we've done a pretty damn good job to this point.
1: I think we we have we have battled through and I do have I, I if it's all right with you, Nick, after you get through the plugs, I, I I have I want to uh get your permission to do a joint thing to add, because I, I have a I have an interesting idea. Oh absolutely. So, I'll you get through the I'll get you through the plugs first.
0: Absolutely. Let's just get through this real quick. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at IndieBall Pod or on Instagram at ALPB underscore news or at IndieBallReport. Report. You can find All the episodes we mentioned in the past and the show notes and the articles and everything that goes along with that on the website, IndieBallReport.com. You can find the show wherever you really find podcasts. So that's TuneIn, Stitcher, Podomatic, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and several others. Like I said, just about wherever you find podcasts, you can find the show. So if you're able to, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for more content and to help us grow to get bigger and better named guests. Likewise, you want to follow the social media because, as you'll note, from friday meaning yesterday now if you're listening day of release we put out the plan for the off-season programming list there's essentially stuff for every single day of the week so i'm working on trying to get as many of these posts kind of like backlogged and put in the stores so that way i could just kind of pull them out and slap them on seeing as it's the off-season not too much is getting updated and uh yeah so you're going to want to be following everything here so that way you cannot miss a single bit of independent league coverage well, the floor is yours.
1: So, one quick thing before I get into what I actually wanted to get into: yep. U.S. men's men's national team for soccer just beat Mexico. Very exciting. Looks like they'll be heading uh, to Qatar for the World Cup. Uh, that's that's great. After they missed the World Cup the previous year or the previous World Cup in uh, uh, and that was rough. So, I'm glad It's a young team. They they beating Mexico. Very big deal. Uh, very excited for that. Now other thing, yeah, Mister McFirestone, we have yep. waited, uh, we've waited a long time for this, and I don't know why we haven't done it before, yep. But I think now would be a good time, yeah, because my New Jersey Devils are red hot. They are red hot. They're playing well. A record of seven three and two. The, yes, you can you yep. can say pun intended with the area code, uh, <laughs> seven three and two with yep. one three straight. They beat the Florida Panthers. They kicked the absolute snot out of the new york islanders the other night yeah. uh the devils and the rangers play sunday night at madison square garden yes we need a wager mr nick firestone
0: all right what are you thinking
1: i don't know i didn't have one in mind however i was thinking maybe Ooh, what if if our respective teams win, the other has to join the DH or no DH bandwagon.
0: I'm not willing. I see. I'd be more willing to put up money than that because that. see what money money's
1: describing? boring. That's not what the listeners want.
0: That is true. That is very true here. See, the problem is I don't trust the Rangers to win and it's a back to back. And I know what's going to happen is Gallant's the Devils gonna... are
1: back to back, too, to be fair.
0: Yes, but see, Galat's almost certainly going to run Shosturkin against Columbus for whatever reason. And that means you get Georgiev. And I don't trust Georgiev to stop anything. So that's a major problem. Plus, I don't trust Galant to not play Tenorti. And I don't trust Tenorti at all because he shouldn't be on this team. And I'm going to stop talking about Jared Tenorti before I start swearing. And that's something I've tried to not do on the show. So (laughs) that's the problem. I don't trust him to win. That being said, for lack of anything better to put up, I'll go along
1: with that. No, but not see now. See now, we can't just go on it because yeah. like it's like reluctant. Like, hmm. I'm trying to think because like maybe I would say I, if there was more time, I would say send it out to social media. Um, yeah, I don't think there's enough time for that, given the games. That, the game is Sunday night.
0: Here's what we could do. Okay. We can sort this out tomorrow because it's Friday night right now. We'll sort it out on Saturday. I will then take a, a screenshot of the text conversation and then tweet that out as verification of what we are doing. Okay. We could do that. And that's more of an incentive for you to go follow at Pod.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: All right. And one last point on the USA thing because I wanted to get to that. Now I'm conflicted here because if the U.S. goes to the World Cup, I feel like I'm I'm supposed to root for them but i'm going to be rooting for italy
1: because uh, that's okay because yeah i, I see, can understand
0: that like every italian american we don't root for the u.s when it comes to soccer because we know better there's no expectation for them to win because they're not going to italy you could possibly win so i'm going to be rocking this like mixture of the tricolor and the uh stars and stripes it's going to be very fun because i'm gonna be like oh cool they just the u.s just lost to
1: angola all right italy okay. time yeah fair enough I I, I I could i would say normally yes you're supposed to root for the us but you're very italian you have an you have an excuse
0: why because i have a sicilian flag hanging up behind me as we record this
1: yeah that might be it
0: uh but i think we've kind of reached the uh the end of the road here i'm gonna say we should wrap this up before i drop because i'm on the verge of
1: it Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, my, my voice is holding on by a thread.
0: All right, so then we'll wrap it up here. Be sure to keep your eyes on the Twitter at Pod to see what conclusion we come to for this wager. And until next time, don't forget to play ball.